Good morning, this is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Dr. Jason Grove. Jason is the senior pastor at Poplar Grove Baptist Church, and Poplar Grove has several um, services that they would like to invite you to. You can come to Sunday school at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and then worship is at 10.15 on Sunday mornings. Come back on Sunday night at 5.30 and join them in their Sunday night activities. And then on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, you're not going to want to miss their meal. They have a wonderful meal at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays. And then at 6 o'clock, they share classes from from birth until uh, very, very grown up. That's right. Very mature. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Thank you for being here, Jason. Thank you. We're glad to have you on the show today. So you are from Murfreesboro, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Did you grow up in Murfreesboro? Yes and no. My 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 mom and dad both worked at the Pentagon, and my dad was transferred to Murfreesboro to the VA in Murfreesboro. He was with the VA at the Pentagon, and um, uh, I was about one when they moved to Murfreesboro. Okay. And so uh, I, I lived in Murfreesboro all the way till I graduated college. So essentially, did you uh, go to MTSU? I did not. I went to Belmont University. Belmont. There you go. Your parents work for the Pentagon. Man, I can't imagine what that must have been like. Do you the, know what they did or is it a secret? Uh, um, Dad, they both worked with the VA uh, okay. there. And yeah. then mom, when, when they came back to Murfreesboro, mom worked with the Social Security Department. And Dad stayed with the VA. We are certainly grateful for our veterans and all that we do, and yes, grateful ma'am. that your your parents were incremental in helping the veterans when they came back. Yes, and, ma'am. Thank and you for their work in Murfreesboro. That's amazing. Are you a veteran yourself? Uh, no, ma'am. Okay. No, ma'am. Yeah. So you went to Belmont. That's an yes. interesting place to go to school, isn't it? It is. I was a uh, a religion major there. Um, uh, I had been in ministry. For several years before going, and and God allowed me to go. I had had some uh, uh, scholarship help, so that was that was a a, nice. a blessing. Yes, ma'am. It's crazy how much college costs, it, isn't it? I've got three children coming up, and and we're starting to think that way. And oh my goodness! Yes, yes ma'am. Very expensive. How old are your kids? Uh, 12, 8, and 4. Yeah, it's time to start saving. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> what are their names? Let's say hello to your family. Jaden is my oldest, Bella is my middle, and Brady is my youngest. And your lovely wife is? Holly. Hi, Holly. Yeah, we're so glad that you're here and able to shout out to them this morning. So um, who's the easiest child? Uh, they're unique <laughs> in their own a, you ways. Know, that's a trick question. It is. My oldest is so much like me, so we're best friends, worst really? enemies. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my my middle one and my youngest are very similar in their personalities. They're like their mother. Oh. Uh, so uh, I get along with them better because I don't get along with myself very well through my through my oldest. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you went to Belmont and then where'd you go next? So I went to uh, seminary, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in North Carolina, uh, where I, I uh, earned my master's and my doctorate and um Pastor to church while we were there. Um, we've uh, my 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 stories is uh, uh, I've always been in church, uh, whether I was in my mother's room uh, or outside of it, and I was always uh, God had called me at a very young age, and so uh, wow. I've always been in in church, aimed in the direction of doing ministry. Wow, what did you do in Lake Forest? Um, uh, it's where we went to seminary, yeah. and so we pastored about a hundred miles uh, due east of the seminary. 
And, wow, uh, and so I was, a, I was a full-time pastor. Yeah. Um, I would go to school Monday through Thursday and um, uh, commute back and forth uh, to classes during that time, as well as doing ministry work. Wow, that's a lot of work. It, it was I, looking back, it was God showed much mercy. Aren't you glad uh, you did that, that young? Uh, yes, ma'am. Because I don't know, as we get older, it's like, man, I'm tired. I don't want to drive. <laughs> yes, my wife was in nursing school in uh, in North Carolina as well while we were there, while we were at that point. And so we, we almost uh, had to fill out visitor cards each time we came home uh, in passing. <laughs> I bet so. Yeah. Did you, you didn't have children then? at that time? No, ma'am. Yeah. yeah that, that would be hard. Uh, yes. Yeah, so your wife's a nurse. Holly's yes. a nurse. Thank you, Holly, for giving yes. that gift to us. That's a hard job too. Yes. Yeah. We, we both have uh, compassion ministries. And yeah. so we're, we're, we have to be wise in how we feel and refill and refuel uh, and not come home completely empty. Yeah, self-care is important at your house, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. What do you do to take care of yourself? Uh, we, we love the outdoors. I love to work out. That's uh, a stress relief for me. Uh, I go hiking, um, uh, playing out the yard, throwing ball, uh, oh, cool. reading, those types of yeah. things. Who do you like to read? No, I mean, other than theology, of course, yeah, who do you like to read? A few years ago, I, 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 want, I tried to advance my palate because my palate was very narrow. Okay. And so uh, I've, I've branched out to... Uh, all the genres, I I'm, I try to force myself to read uh, beyond my comfort zone, and so right. uh, I I try to keep three or four books going that are mm-hmm. that range from literature to sci-fi to history, uh, biographies, the the whole gamut, oh, and yeah. and Good um, for you. I try to widen my my perspective on things. Yeah. Oh wow, that's great. Good for you. A growing people or a thinking people. Look, thinking uh, people leaders are readers. Reading. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jason, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Call. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're here this morning with Dr. Jason Grove. Jason is the senior pastor at Poplar Grove Baptist Church. And Jason, you were telling us a little bit about where you grew up, a little bit about your life and your family. Tell us now how a, a kid growing up with parents who were very active with with veterans in Murfreesboro ends up at a very young age being called to ministry and then at a church in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, How uh, old were you, first of all, when you when you knew God was calling you uh, into ministry? I was uh, 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 11 is when is when I surrendered. Wow. Um, uh, I'm a PGK. PGK. My yeah. my mom's a, a PK, uh-huh. and so I'm the grandson of a, of a of a pastor. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather was lived in in Knoxville. We lived in Murfreesboro. We saw them three or four times a year. So I never saw him in his in his element of 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 preaching because whenever we would come to visit, he would let me preach and speak. And so I don't I don't know him as a preacher very well. I just know him as grandpa. Right. Um, I don't come from a preacher's family. I don't come from that. Uh, uh, I, I heard very early on, seven, eight years old, a preacher preach on Jeremiah where God says, I, in your mother's womb, I called you. And, and, and that resonated with me. And I said, that's me. I know I want to do that. And, and even in elementary school, I would, on the days where you, teachers would give you an assignment, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would write, Papers. I want to be a professional baseball player, and I want to be a preacher. And sounds like a perfect combination and, uh, to me. And I pursued both of those. Played college level for a couple of years. Uh, I was saved, and when I was nine years old, um, two years after that, I I said, "This is what God is calling me. He's calling me to do ministry work, pastoral ministry." And um, 
and I communicated at the church. I was licensed later that year into the ministry. Um, I I began to preach on Wednesday nights, um, on some Sunday mornings during youth revivals and stuff. And so uh, uh, in my first year, I preached some 30, 40 times. Wow. Do um, you remember your first I, I've, I've got my first dozen, and then wow. it's kind of sporadic after that. Yeah. Um, and so my father, he worked at the VA, the, one of the ladies he worked with, she was married to a pastor. He pastored in Woodbury. He was an EMT, and every fifth Sunday he had to be gone because he was on, he had to pull a weekend. Right. And so I filled in for him one Sunday, and then he contacted me and said, hey, how about whenever I'm gone, you just be my stand-in. I love it. So I was 12 years old. My parents would drive me up. Um, he got very sick uh, as a few years went by. He got very sick, and he had to step aside, and the church asked me, as a 14 year old, would you be our, our interim pastor and wow. the Baptist church? That means just kind of the in-between pastor. Right. Um, and so I was, I, I went there every Sunday, preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, uh, as a 14 year old, my parents had to take me to church. Um, when I became 16, the church called me as their pastor because now I could drive myself. Wow. And uh, it is there. That's the church. I met my wife. Um, so I was there from when I was 12 until I got married. When I was 22, uh, I graduated. So that church saw me go to high school, graduate high school, get married, go to college, graduate college as their as their pastor. It's amazing. Um, and then we went to seminary from there. And I've passed. I've never since uh, since I was 13, 14 years old. I've never not been in a leadership role at ch- at a church. I've 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 always been. Um, the senior leadership. And so how does it feel to be 16 years old and responsible for a church? It, it's it looking back. It was, uh, uh, it was, it was just very awkward at some times because I was around people who were, who were, uh, I mean, I hadn't even finished puberty at that right, <laughs> no, Yeah, but you were doing it, man. I was, I was around people who were wiser and God, I believe there's some churches that they are, they are good training grounds for yes. young pastors and this was one of those that had good, strong leadership that knew knew who I was, knew that since the call of God, I was I was more of their of their preacher, and they right. were teaching me to be a pastor. Oh, that's amazing! And and they they did well. They they um I, I learned a lot. Um I I grew a lot, but it, it was awkward. It was uh, I did my first funeral, um uh, uh before I was sixteen. Did my first wedding before I was sixteen. Right. Um I had when I had to go. We have some funny stories of me having to go visit people in the hospital, and I couldn't. I couldn't go visit right because you had to be sixteen. Exactly. To get <laughs> so there's. It was unique. Wow, that's amazing. I I cannot imagine. I didn't have the maturity at sixteen to do anything. I don't know that. if I did either, but <laughs> but uh, uh, it th- th- that was the path that God has give gave, and I look back and I I I regret the parts of having an older man to be able to walk under. And to, t- and to show me and to teach me instead of me having to learn almost by mistake sometimes. Right. Um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's given me a call and a passion for to invest in younger men called ministry now. That's great. You can mentor those folks the way you were mentored. Right. Yeah. And don't you <laughs> wish that every preacher, every pastor could have an experience like that where they're so well loved by a church yes. that they just are taken under the wing and, and sort of growing up uh, w- with that. A uh, faithful cloud of witnesses Amen. watching over them. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good for you. What an amazing story. So you met Holly 
in yes. this church. Yes. Uh, so were you Holly's pastor? <laughs> it's it's odd. I know. <laughs> uh, yes, I was her pastor, and and we had we had no. So I knew her for about um, five or six years, and it was just it was just that I was her pastor. Yeah, it was never anything more than that. Yeah. And um, uh, the, the the when I was in, in college is when our our we began to to notice each other, and uh, uh, I, I remember one one Sunday night I. I, I got up the nerve just to say, hey, you want to go out for uh, dinner after after service? And so she said yes. And so we're driving from Woodbury to, to MacMinnville. Yes. And, uh, and Burger King was the place we were headed because there was just not much there at the time. Yeah. And I'm driving down the road, and I'd gotten paid that day. And, and it dawned on me that in my wallet I have a check from oh, getting no. paid. But I have no money, no cash. Lovely. And so I lean over and I say, hey, I'm, I'm glad you're here, but... You, is there any way you can pay for our meal tonight? And she married you anyway. And she married me anyway. <laughs> That's a great story. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're here this morning with Dr. Jason Grove from Poplar Grove Baptist Church. And Jason would like to share a motivational moment. According to Barna, an overwhelming majority of people say that they have a relationship with God. The question is, what what does that term mean? How is that defined relationship with Jesus Christ? Uh, I would argue that some would say that that relationship intellectually means one thing, and then functionally, it means something different. How does the Bible define it? Well, The Bible's definition versus how we define it, I think, is sometimes different. For some, a relationship with Jesus Christ is no different than being second cousin to someone. You just see them ever so often. There's really no deep relationship. For others, a relationship with Jesus means I'm like a neighbor. I go see him when I need him. We hang out. We we do um, fun things, but never really share deep problems and interests for some it's like a wayward child that i know him but i've just kind of been hurt and i've i've wandered away well how 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 does the bible encourage us there well colossians 3 verse 3 and verse 4 i believe provide us a definition for that it says for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god when christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I believe there's our definition. We have four verbs that give us a good explanation of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The first verb says you have died. To have a relationship with Christ means I'm dead to things. I'm dead to certain attitudes. I'm dead to certain motivations. I'm dead to certain behaviors. As a matter of fact, the balance of this chapter, verse 5 and on, explains what I'm to be dead to. So I'm supposed to be dead to things. The next two verbs say that your life is hidden with Christ and he is our life. So not only am I dead to things, but the Bible would say a relationship with Jesus Christ is one in which he is my life. Galatians 2.20 would support that to say that Uh, uh, The life I now live, I now live by faith so that Jesus is my life. Well, what does it mean that he is my life? Well, 
it means that I live to please him, that I, I want to make him happy. I, I want to I want him to be glorified and I, I want others to think of him when they see me do what I do. And Jesus even said that in Matthew chapter five. He said you are to be salt and light so that men may behold your good works and do what and glorify your father who is in heaven. So I, I want to I want to please him. I want to be obedient to him. I want to bring him glory. Uh, I, that That's what it means that he is my life. The last verb says that you also will be revealed with him in glory to to be a a follower of Christ to to have a relationship with Jesus is not only to be dead to things it's not only to be alive for him but it's also to have a hope that there is more beyond this life and beyond this day-to-day in endurance race uh, Jesus says that this life that this is that is set before me is a race a marathon and what is the goal? Well, the goal is I will be with him. Jesus prayed in John 17. He says, I pray that they would be one and that they would behold my glory. So I, I think that Barna is is reminding us, I need to consider what do I mean when I think of a relationship with Jesus? Have I died to things? Am I living only for him? Is my hope one day? that I will be revealed with him in glory. Amen. Thank you, Jason. I'm Denna Hornby. You're listening to The Call. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and we're back with The Calling. We're here today with Dr. Jason Grow, and Jason is the senior pastor at Poplar Grove Baptist Church. We want to remind you to come see them on Sundays. Tell us your uh, your worship times again, Jason. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m., worship at 10, 15 a.m. Uh, that evening we have 5.30 um, a service where we have D groups and such, and then Wednesday we have a 5 o'clock meal and 6 o'clock with all of our classes. And if you haven't gone online to their Facebook page, do that because they post pictures of their meals. And I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss these meals on Wednesday nights. You'll get fed uh, first in body and then in soul. Amen. <laughs> well, Jason, we're back with my favorite part of the show. And, and it's my favorite part because I get to ask you questions, kind of crazy and unusual questions, and, and you have to answer them. So, <laughs> There. That'll work. <laughs> You're such a good sport. <laughs> there is one free pass, or you can plead the fifth, whichever you want to do. So. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So, okay. So, we know that you have three children and uh, your lovely wife, Holly. So, if if you were arrested, what would your children and Holly say that your crime had been? Hmm. Oh, he's thinking. Well, this is a hard. <laughs> hopefully, life. this never. Hopefully, uh, that never occurs. Uh, dad was. Dad was. Possibly, dad was not driving the speed limit. He oh. was under it. Dad was under the speed yes, limit. Probably so. Who would say that? Would Holly all say the, that? Or all the the kids? Probably all the children. The kids would say that because I don't go. I'll, I'll try to go all back roads, and I'm a I'm a thinker, and so I like to drive and and as the old country word, saner around. Yes. And and uh, and so I like to go where I don't have to go the speed limit, so I can look and think and 
and, and all the and the such. You know, I've heard a lot of answers to that question, but never that answer. <laughs> it's always like a road rage or driving too fast. But no. So Yeah, I'm I'm the, the old man in the young skin, I guess. <laughs> Patton County Sheriff, if you're listening, Jason is abiding the speed limit. Yes. So um you have a twelve year old, is that right? Yes, ma'am. What do you think about teaching that child to drive? Uh, I pray the last few verses of Revelation twenty two, even so Lord come quick. <laughs> I'm trying to take notes from other parents in our church who are at that stage or just beyond that stage, and yeah. it, it frightens me. Well, you know, they start they start driving young because they get their uh, permit at 15. Yeah, we've, we've been practicing in the driveway here and there, yes. and and it's uh, there, there's hope, but it's it's very unnerving. <laughs> there's fear on both sides of the it, seats. It, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's that's hysterical. <laughs> Okay, Jason, would you rather be able to uh, fly or would you rather be invisible? Sir, definitely fly. Where would you go? One would be up. Would you have wings or would you have like engines? (laughs) Probably engines. Engines. Because I, I like. I like the not necessarily the speed, but just the torque of the engine. Okay, so you would go really high. I would go high for perspective. I think there's just great things from uh, uh, when I get in my funks. If I could get gain greater perspective, that helps me maintain a proper view of where I am. And so, yeah. I would I would like perspective um, or, or height, and then I would I'd probably go to all the ancient landmarks. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. What puts you in a funk? You need to sort of get away. Uh, the just the the cares of others. Mm-hmm. Pastor life is hard. A lot of burdens that. to carry. We may not always get calluses on our fingers, but we our wagons do carry weight, and um, and so that would do it. Sometimes just uh, an imbalance of my time management, not enough margin, um, uh, and and just the just the the I'm a I'm a burn the candle at both ends kind of fella. Yeah, and I'm I'm a night owl and an early bird. So I don't require a lot of sleep, but sometimes that can get out of balance myself. Well, so, how much sleep do you get a night? Um, four to five would be wow, kind of an average. And then every now and then, a, a six or seven would get dropped in. You are burning the candle <laughs> at both ends. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see, Jason. What is your most embarrassing moment? One time I was preaching um, and I said... I was preaching on uh, David and Goliath, and the text says that Goliath's spear was like a weaver's beam. Okay. And when I spoke, I said that his spear was like a beaver's wing. <laughs> and and when I said it, it was one of those, something didn't sound right, but I didn't know exactly what. So I made the mistake of stopping, and, and everybody caught up. And, and so I got emails the following week of pictures of beavers with arrows. Oh, that's is, great. Is this a beaver's wing? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Did, did the congregation laugh? Oh yes, and it was one of those. I got, I got, I was on the verge of getting the church giggle. Oh man, and, those are and the back, worst. You know, <clears throat> my uh, and, and most of my faux pas are there. They're they're from the pulpit. And yeah, uh, uh, early in my ministry, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, heckled for preaching too long. And so one day I was mm-hmm. preaching, and my mo- my wife was trying to communicate to me on the front row, and yeah, she said, long. she said, she's she said she was mouthing, zip it up. <laughs> And 
and but she she was thinking completely different than myself because evidently my my zipper was down. Oh, and so she was trying to get me to step behind to the pulpit, actually zip it up, buddy. And and I stopped. I stopped preaching and I said, "I know y'all want me to zip it up, but God's given me this message." And I'm going, <laughs> that is great. And she put her hand on her head like you. Mm-mm. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think we're going to top that answer. That's great. So it was. It awesome. wasn't pleasant. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, Jason, um, have you ever texted the wrong person? <laughs> Yes, I, I have. How'd that work out? I, for not you? good. <laughs> <laughs> not good. It's 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 not it's not so much that, uh, but it's it's more so. I do a lot of dictation. Okay. And and I don't always enunciate well. I've got a, a, a sometimes yeah. a southern drawl and whatever. Thing. Yeah. And so I I heart. fail to proofread, and so sometimes I, it's not I send it wrong people, but I send it to. The saint, the right person, but it's not exactly what I said. That is unfortunate. <laughs> so that's happened. Have you been able to come back from that? Yes, but they don't. They don't let me live that down. No, no, nor, nor would I. <laughs> you know, nor, nor would I. Nor should they. They no should way. not let you live that down. No. Okay, Jason, you've been such a good sport. Last question: Do you have Netflix? We do. What's your favorite Netflix show? <laughs> Uh, I'm an Andy Griffith man. Oh, I'm, I'm back in the '60s. I love that. I grew up with it, and just kind of just kind of hung around, and mm-hmm. and so I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I will uh, when I, but when I do, I'll I just kind of watch that and reminisce. Is Andy your favorite character on there? Because there's so many to choose from. There are um, Ernest T. Hey. Love that guy. Hey, he, he's I probably like him because my wife and children like to recite. A lot yes, of his lines, and yes. so uh, they 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 all have equal value in in their own unique way. What a wholesome show, right? Just a yes, good ma'am. family show to sit down and just marathon on a Saturday. That's yes, awesome. Ma'am. That's awesome. Well, Jason, you are an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show today and discussing your years in ministry and your ongoing ministry at Poplar Grove Baptist Church. Thank you. We are very happy that you've been here. Each week, we'll introduce you to members of the community who followed their call to serve. I'm Denna Hornby, and this has been The Calling.